Viewer discretion advised. Refrain from watching if you're short-tempered or get offended or annoyed easily, or if you're under the age of 18. Also, don't watch if you're touchy on the following subjects, such as mental health, suicide, firearms, veterans, dark humor, swearing, violence, war, small parts of political and world events. The host, co-hosts, and guests are not professionals, so anything mental or physical health-related topics mentioned on Asylum Arms, take with a grain of salt and contact your doctor or therapist for advice or questions on those subjects. Back to the episode of Asylum Arms, we're on episode 26, yes, 26, with 11 Bravo. And, well, first off, before we start this off, we we'll say a word from our sponsors at Audible. This the, uh, Audible is an app that is completely free and can be installed on all smartphones, tablets, and devices, even PC. You can listen across the devices without losing your spot. If you can't decide what you want to listen to, don't worry. You can keep your credits up to a full year and use them to binge watch a whole series if you like. And also, when you use our um, we have a link that will come up in chat randomly, and you can use that link to get your free a free month trial of Audible, and that is a free month trial of Audible to help out and support the podcast. Now, hot guy, you've mm. you've used the free trial before. What, what, what books do you like here? Well, ebooks. So I found one of the books that I actually need for school. Uh, on Audible, and it's actually for my research paper on Walter uh, Walter Cronkite. So, you guys, you can find it. You can you can read exciting books and other books. You can also read boring books like Hawkeye or School. <laughs> hey, look, look, look. <laughs> Do you want me to go to school and become a better editor? Or do you want me to continue doing the editing that I've been doing for you? I don't care either way. You do you, man. <laughs> it's like telling me, do I want you to win a marathon? <laughs> <laughs> the answer is no. All right. All so right. do you want me to do the introduction here? Um, or do you want to do it? Oh, well, we have Bravo. We have one way here. How is your guys today? Blended. I spent most uh, most of my morning on the road. Yeah, he's in New York right now, so sorry for any audio issues on his end. Yeah, yeah I'll take care of most of it for other ends on uh, post-production side. Yeah. All right. And sorry in advance if I get grouchy. I'm still trying to withdraw from this. Weren't you supposed to quit like last month? No, I don't. I don't know. I don't know what you're doing. You know, it's okay. My, my wife is a is a VP now, so it's okay. I understand. Um. So, Robert, would you like to tell us about your time in the military and what you were? Uh, I was in the infantry. Uh, I was, as most people know, eleven Bravo. I spent ten years in or close to. Uh, I was medically retired with uh, PTSD and TBI. Um, you know, I did three tours, two to Afghanistan, one to Iraq. Um, I don't have a favorite place of those two. They both were equally shitty. Um, but yeah, you know, for the most part, I spent most of my time at, uh, at Campbell, <clears throat> but I was also in Korea and spent like a year and a half in Kansas. So, and besides that, I'm married. I got four kids, three with my wife now. 
one with an X. Um, but yeah, there's don't really know what else to say. I mean, fair enough. How old are your kids? Uh, and oh, six, three, and one. Good variety of ages there. Yeah, definitely. All right, and we have one question that we always ask on this podcast. What was your favorite and least favorite M. Murray? Uh, my favorite was Five Fingers of Death. And my least favorite was the Veggie Omelette. That, that, that is a right, very so, common, that's a very common least favorite, but what is Five Fingers of Death? Uh, Vienna Sausages. <laughs> um... So just to go into a little bit of background here, uh, Bravo, what time period did you serve in? Uh, I joined in 06 and I got out in 15. So like right in the heat of everything. Uh, All right. Um, Iraq in 08, uh, Afghanistan, 10, 11, and 13. Um, were you going to say something on that hot guy? Because I know sometimes your train of thought goes into different places. Uh, no, I, I don't really have anything much to say on that. I, I, I do know that Bravo and I got out of the army in the same year. Um, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. He, he was air traffic control. Oh, nice. I wish I would have shown the job like that. Trust me. Trust me, it's not all it's cracked up to be at times. All right. So I was just a glorified janitor. I have a question for both of you. All right. So for Hawkeye, what are the pros and cons for air um for air traffic control and what's the pros and cons for infantry? Bravo. I'll let our guest go first. What was that question? I guess I tried. What are the pros and cons to infantry? Uh the the cons to it is my body's broken. Uh, no, it uh, a lot of useless rough marches with a lot of weight and climbing up mountains really uh, really sucks. Getting blown up a lot sucks. Um, but some of the some of the pros to it is you know the camaraderie. I got to do a lot of really cool jobs. Um, like I was, a, I was a sniper. I also got to go to dog handling school um, to be a dog handler in my last appointment to go find bombs. Um, it really sucked, to be honest, because having a bomb dog in Afghanistan missions and um, it was fun. I had a really, like me and my dog had a really great bond, but in knowing that EOD wanted to take me out, so I'd walk in front of EOD. Um, and then my actual unit would take me out on missions. So, you know, if we we're going to go raid a house, you know, they would get into the objective first, then it's on to me, go clearing stuff. And I had a bunch of, bunch of fines and houses. I had a, we arrested a dude that was ex Mujahideen, which if you guys don't know who Mujahideen is, they're the precursor to the Taliban. So when the Russians were in, in uh, Afghanistan in the 70s and 80s, and we went in with the CIA. We worked with the Mujahideen, and that's where uh, one of their leaders was Bin Laden. And Bin Laden hated us because we left 
we left uh, Afghanistan a mess and we promised we would help them. And when Russia left, we left and didn't help them with anything. So they turned into uh, a pretty nasty, pe- pretty nasty people against us. Yeah. So, yeah. Not a fun situation there. No. So I'm going to take a, I'm going to take a, a question from uh, one of our other co-hosts that he usually asks. And I want to ask, let, let's, let's go back in time and discuss what made you want to join the service in the first place. Uh, honestly, September 11th. And I, I was in eighth grade when it happened. And, you know, I had no idea what was going on. I had, even though I lived in New Jersey, I had no idea what the, uh, the World Trade Center was like I never I would never went to New York. So I found it interesting that people attacked us, not in a good way, right? But you mm-hmm. know, at that point, like I made up my mind be like I always like I wanted to go and do something. You know, I and I always played sports. So like like uh, I play I played football my whole life. I played ice hockey and I played basketball. Um and all that, like I wanted to go pro, you know, that was all my thing. And then when that happened, it kind of I turned into, you know, like, I want to go do something that actually means something. Because, you know, I liked history at that point. Like, I, I loved World War II, even in eighth grade. Like, I found Ooh. that fascinating. And I was like, I knew when this happened, history was being written. So it was like, you know, it's my chance to be part of history. And that was me being young and naive. And as when I got into the service, I realized that, yes, this is history, but this is so detrimental to, like, our society. Mm-hmm. Like after getting blown up, like I, I like physically and mentally in Iraq, I got blown up three times and in one day. And because I didn't show any brain, like brain signs of brain damage, I wasn't bleeding from the ears. And this is, this is, oh, wait. So nobody really cares about the brain. It's like, okay, you're good. Go back out. And then it happened again. You know, like never lost consciousness. But because of that, because of that rotation, mm-hmm. And like I got, I think I got blown up like ten times in Iraq. Um, I have uh, I have TBI, but I also have uh, had or have a brain aneurysm, which is right here in the sinus cavity, like right behind it. What is and TBI? I had a traumatic brain injury. Ah, okay. Um, so when I got that looked at, which I didn't find out until I got out of the military, um, that I had it. You know, they were like, yeah, it's, it's so there's three different versions of brain aneurysms. So there's the one I have where it looks like I'm making a muscle like this, where it's like, it's all healthy. It's all just, it's just kind of like lumpy. And then there's one that looks like a balloon. And that's the one where people like die from, but I'm going to like where it's at and part of my brain, like even if it ruptures, like I'm okay. Like I'm not going to die from it. It'll just be painful. Um, But Knowing that there's three different versions of it, which I don't, I don't remember the other version of it, but uh, yeah, it was it's interesting to learn what's wrong with your body and how it affects you, like once you go through it, once you learn about it, but you don't know it's actually happening, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, um, do you have a favorite basic training story? Not really. My basic training was very simple. It was, you know. At Fort Benning at Sand Hill, you know, I spent my whole time there. I got there April and I left 
the end of July, beginning of August. And then I never, I didn't do the hometown recruiting thing. So I went straight to Korea um, right, right after that. So, you know, the only real story that I remember from basic training is we had a dude that was older. He definitely had some type of mental illness and, you know, he walked off in the middle of the night to go to the PX and go grab candy and then came back. So, I mean, that's really like this dude just didn't understand anything. And uh, always got in trouble, but I don't, he could have been playing. Like, I don't know. It, but it was like, I was 20 years old. So, you know, like, what am I going to think? How did he, how, so, I mean, if he wasn't playing, how did he get into the service? At that time frame, like, they were true because the war, like, the war was so heightened and we were losing a lot of people. They were literally just bringing everybody in. Mm-hmm. Like, there was people, there was like, guys that were like felons that were going to court and they're like if you want to change your life you have an option you either go to jail or you go in the military and like yeah that was how they got in the military was bam the judge signed a order for you to go to court or you go in the military and i actually mm-hmm. met a great dude his name was pena that was like that and when i was in korea he was a great dude and he turned out to be a, a really good soldier and i've seen that across the board so so you mentioned you went to Korea. What was your um, favorite thing about like the Korean culture? Eating dog. So <laughs> we got uh, like I got tricked into it, but not really. So like like our katusas, we they took us out all the time, and you know they took us one time out, and they were talking and like you know we're gonna order kagogi rice and all that stuff, and we're like, what's kagogi? Is it like like bagogi? And he was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then as soon as we start eating, he's like, you know, you're eating dog, right? And we're like, what? He's like, don't worry about it. They're not household pets. They're, they come from dog farms. So, like, they're they're raised and bred that way. And to be honest, it was really good. Like, I'm, can't, I won't complain about it. And, you know, every time here in the States, I went to a Korean Korean barbecue place. And, like, we're talking. I'll be like, hey, can I get kagogi and rice? And, like, the Korean ladies would just look at me. And they would be mortified because, <laughs> like, like, we don't sell that here. Like, how do you know what that is? And they're like, because I was in Korea. And they're like, you know, that's illegal. I can't do that. <laughs> that's like something I would do. Uh, all right. At least now, I, now that I know the name, I need to do that next time I have Korean food. Yeah, it's Kagogi. So there's bagogian rice, which is like regular beef, and then there's kagogi, which is dog meat. <laughs> Jesus. I did not know they had a specific name for it. Yeah, they do. Is there anything... Because yeah. I'll, I'll give you a little bit of back, background here, Bravo. My first set of orders was actually to Korea. So, you yeah, know, a lot of the... Go to like, uh... Camp Kobe. The Young Song. Sure. Hey, we're going to get a Young Song? Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but due to medical stuff, I had to have my order switched. I don't know um, if that's good because you probably would have had a lot of drunken nights. So, like, <laughs> our, our, our drinking consisted of, like, we had guys that drank every day. But most of us drank from close of business on Friday up until Sunday afternoon. Like there was no sleeping. If you got caught sleeping, like you would, 
you would get hazed. So it was just a straight, like almost 72 hour drinking fest. And, you know, in, in my barracks, we had a thing called the beer fairies versus the beer Vikings. So the beer fairies would go and steal everybody's beer and drink it. And the Vikings would dress up in full Viking garb. Like they would cut up their beer cans in like Viking armor with axes and swords and helmets. And they would try to hunt down the beer fairies. And, you know, the beer fairies never got caught because we would always attack when nobody was expecting. And this is like the whole entire barracks. It's not just, you know, like, um, like one platoon or anything. So. Jeez. Yeah. A lot of beer fairies. <laughs> there's there like five or six of us that did it. Oh, um, like we we would we would go to other we would go to other companies around our area. If we ran out of beer, we would go over there and be like, "Yo, what's up, guys?" And like they would think we were part of that company, and we would just walk out with their beer and go back to our barracks and then start a fight because they followed us and be like, "Where are you leaving?" So like, "Where are you going?" We're like, "Oh, we're going back to our company. See you later." <laughs> Jesus. Um, what is the weirdest thing that you've seen while you are in the military? Uh, the weirdest thing for me was in Iraq. So we were, we were doing a patrol. We stopped at a village elder's house and we were meeting with that elder. So we met at like a school and this guy comes up to us and was like, uh, he spoke okay English. So it was like, I need help. I have hole in my hip. And we're like, so he pulls his bandage out and a whole bunch of maggots pour out of his gunshot wound out of his hip. What? And yeah, a bunch of maggots fall out, and I started oh. to throw up. And like that was the dis- most disgusting thing that I've ever seen in my entire life. Like I don't mind blood, but, but I've never maggots? Seen a bullet hole with maggots in it. Which I know that there was an infection there, but if maggots are growing, at least you know it's clean and healthy because maggots eat away infection. True. Um, so. But yeah, we I got on the radio real fast. I'm like, Doc, you need to come up here. I'm throwing up. He's like, Wow, what's wrong? I'm like, we gotta do with a gunshot. And there's maggots. And he was like, What? Maggots? So he came up and he was like, That is disgusting. So he, he treated them and uh went on his merry way. How long do you how long do you have to have a gunshot wound to form maggots? I don't know. I've never been shot, so I can't tell you. I, I mean, fair enough. It's not. It's it's not something I probably would want to investigate anyway. <laughs> to see how long it would be for. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's one of those. Uh, that's one of those. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll just say I know, but I don't know. Um, yeah. I, yeah. Damn, that's forever ingrained in my memory that. That's probably the strangest and grossest thing that I've ever experienced. Um, that's just one thing. This one site I actually so, don't want to see. So what is one story that actually continues to make you laugh to this day? Um, like, how, how, how detailed can I go? Because this isn't like PG. Oh, so I don't know. Like, this is a 18 plus podcast. All right. So in Iraq, we, there was this dude named Ward. Um, I'm just going to use a code name. Um, and this guy had a really interesting way of jerking off. So we, we called him Cricket. And so what he would do is he would kind of like tuck his balls and dick into like behind his legs and like squat up and down like a Cricket would jump. And that was his way of masturbating. So and we caught him doing that. So that's why his name became Cricket. Oh, um, um, yeah. 
Oh. Um, I tell you that. That, no. that was interesting because he was like, 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 his ass was facing the door. So when we walked in, like we were, we saw him like going up and down, like, what the fuck are you? Doing? I mean, I guess you get pleasure <laughs> and exercise at the same like, time. He started laughing. He was like, he started laughing. He's like, I'm masturbating. Like, no, you're not. Like, this is not happening right now. <laughs> I guess you get like, pleasure and exercise. <laughs> we're like, yeah, your, oh. your, your new name is Cricket now. Like, that's your name. <laughs> All right, real, real quick. Uh, so, Snow Angel's like, Rex, can you demonstrate? No, I, 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 I cannot. Um, that is, um, we are, we cannot show nudity on Twitch. Even if we could, I still would not. I mean, if you want, if you want like a visualization, just think of Geppetto jumping. I mean, that's probably your best way of like thinking about it. Uh, oh, uh, you know, to be honest with you, I, I don't care what it looks like. Um, that, uh, yeah. <laughs> The image I can't remove from my mind right now. <laughs> I think I hope when you have kids and they watch Geppetto that you always remember this conversation. Jesus Christ. Uh, yeah, yeah, that, 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 that's going to be a thing. And my wife is a huge Disney fan, so. Oh, nice. So you can tell their story. Like if you wa- if you watch Geppetto, you'd be like, you know, we talked to this one dude where. Uh, they called him Cricket, and she's like, what do you mean? And then you can tell the story so that you know, better yet, for her. Better yet, can one of my mobs clip this story if we can send it to Mrs. Hawkeye? <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, do you have any advice? Do you have any advice for someone going into the army? Don't do it. No, that's That's my advice. Fair enough. If, if you really, if you want to do it, go for it. Like I'm all for it, but um, j- just to, just expect to uh, get blown up. It's not going to be no. It's it's not even that because you know, like we don't true. Like they're not even really in war anymore. It's not going to be what you expect. That's true. Uh, if give me a second, I got to step away real quick. One of my kids is crying. Yeah, and, again. Uh, my wife is with the baby. Um. And I'll be right back. You all good. All right. All right, Hawkeye, while he's gone, you never answered the question. Pros and cons to being air traffic control. Uh, Off-handed pro is you get to tell officers what to do. Fair enough. Um, On the hours, the stress... And if you want a little bit of background on the stress uh, for those that are watching and eventually going to be listening, go look up air traffic control videos on YouTube. Mm -hmm. And think about what not only the pilots have to go through, but what the air traffic controllers have to go through. Mm -hmm. Because on both sides, the pilot's the pilot's responsible for his aircraft, yes. But you're responsible for that aircraft, the pilot, and everybody that's on board that aircraft. True. So that's why 
that's why I say air traffic controls a mixed bag of nuts. Well, not only that, aren't you doing with like over a hundred planes at once too? Like you're doing uh, when about- I was actually when I was actually rated, I was talking to about sixty uh, sixty different aircraft at once. I said that alone's a lot of pressure, <laughs> and that was flight following. Mm. And I didn't get it. I couldn't see the actual aircraft. I had a rough approximate idea of where they were. But I couldn't look out a window and see them. Oh, yeah. Um, so, Bravo, do you have any favorite deployment stories? Uh, <laughs> I'll still be able to hear you, but I'm, I'm going to go grab a drink. Right. Not really. That's fair. Because, I mean, every deployment was shitty. So, it's not so much, like, a highlight or a thing, but, like, my first deployment to Afghanistan when I was with 101st, um, our platoon, we were shorthanded to begin with, and we were known as, like, the uh, the crazy chickens, like, they're, like, in Vietnam, but they called us, I forget what they called us, we were fighting a an insurgency group called Hig, so it's Hezbollah insurgency group, and uh, they had a they had a label for us. And our first ninety days in country, we had um, what was it like fifty six air assaults and like um, I think like twenty three QRF missions, and the in our like our air assault missions were like three days long, so like we never had time off ever. And ever, whenever we did get back from our from our mission, we got called up for QRF because we were like our battalion, like our battalion, we were good. So we got called up across the AO for a whole battalion. It wasn't just like in our normal AO; it was across the whole entire battalion AO, not just a company AO. Jeez. Yeah. So, so for yeah. those that don't know, could you explain what QRF stands for? Uh, quick reaction force. So. And then AO means area of operation. Mm. Um, so with area of operation, what exactly do you guys do? What was that? With aerial operation, what exactly do you guys do? With that? Uh, so the area is like the whole entire, like where everyone operates. And so like, let's say, uh, so if you guys ever watch Band of Brothers, if you guys <laughs> ever watch that um, TV series, I'm not I sure. was part um, so it's Tom Hanks, Steven Spielberg. They covered him. They covered a unit in World War II from 101st called the Band of Brothers, and it was the second of the five was six. They covered Easy Company. So I was in that battalion, um, second of the five was six. I was in Whiskey Company, which is a weapons company, and we. So the area of operations for the battalion would be like Alpha Company goes here. Uh, Bravo goes in this direction. Charlie goes in this direction. Delta will go up north. You know, Echo will go south. You know, and then uh, headquarters will stay with the battalion inside this in this site inside this fob. So every every company has their own section of a big area to operate in. So as I was saying, like we would our 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 company itself 
but our platoon specifically would cover the entire area for the battalion. So it would be like if if something happened and like Alpha Companies, one of Alpha Companies platoons got hit, they lost a dude and they were doing a raid like the next day or so, we would get called up and would be in the front line of going in because we had uh, I think we in our first 90 days we had like 15 to 17 firefights inside of our 52 or 53 air assaults. So basically once every time we dropped, we got into a, we got into a tick. Um, a tick is just a firefight. Mm -hmm. um, so we were very com we, we were literally combat experienced with no losses to, with, to no, to our, to our platoon. And we were shorthanded with 23 dudes. So a normal platoon would have 35. Um, so yeah, it was. We, we were very tired to begin with, so like R and R would be like amazing, but it would it was not even enough time to relax. So it was just straight up just crazy, crazy times. So you've had several roles and jobs within the army. Which one was your favorite, and why? I would have to say, as much as I want to say being a dog handler of my last deployment, um, being a sniper slash designated marksman, like going to sniper school and having that having that ability is probably my favorite. Mm -hmm. And that's not a walk in the park to do either. Um, I fear for me, math was like that. for me, math was the hardest part, right? Mm -hmm. the school like the stalking phase you know like targeting identification isn't like doing the math of like and i don't even remember it now because i haven't done it in so long so like you'd, you would be able to like do the math on like coriolis effect you know targets moving right to left if he's running like you have to do the mathematical equation like in your head like within like seconds right yeah, i know be like, oh, you know he's I know a rough idea of the equation because one of our past guests nerfed Rogue. He was also a sniper and he gave us yeah. a rough rundown of what it was. Yeah, the, the really the only thing that I truly remember from that all is like you can determine how high or how how high a target is. So like shoulder to shoulder is 24 inches and torso to shoulders is 44 inches, right? Yeah. So you can determine like if he's standing in a doorway, you can determine how tall he is or how tall she is. So, like, you have an eight-foot door, and, you know, the average person's 5'5", five, five, right? So, you can determine, be like, oh, you know, this dude, uh, like, I see three feet of doorway, right? So, you know, he's at least five feet. If you, if you know two feet, you know he's at least six feet. Um, so, that's the part that I remember the most. For me, the most that I remember is how to, like, really stalk people. Like, that's what I really remember. So. Mm-hmm. And there's a like, lot of I mean, noise, uh, noise discipline. Oh yeah. So like, yeah. if if it's so, I I don't know if this guy talked about it. So like, if it's raining, raining's your best friend, basically. So raining means I can move quicker. Like if it's hot as shit outside and it's dry, I'm I can maybe move a hundred meters within like an hour. Mm-hmm. So, like, if I have, like, 500 meters to get somewhere, somewhere in the middle of the day, which doesn't happen, um, but they, I mean, I got taught this. So, 
the stepper crawl. So it's like you just have to move very, very slow. You know, reach up, grab dirt, pull. Um, so yeah, I mean that's one of one of the things. Yeah. Um. Um, how did you get the name 11 Bravo for gaming? Uh, so I was in infantry. So 11 Bravo um, means infantry in, yeah. in the MOS terms. So and then Bravo 4 is the sniper term. I mean, I just put it together, 11 Bravo 4. So And you play games, so that's where the gaming comes yeah. to mind. Yeah. Nice. Uh, Maka, you got any questions before I ask anymore? No, you're bringing uh, Rados around. I was actually thinking we, we uh, you actually brought up the perfect transition point. Oh, um, already were, so yeah. <laughs> um, so let's 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 take it back again uh, to the first, the very first time you hit the go live button, and talk about what went through your head. Um, it was like a spur of the moment thing. Like I was, I was talking with my wife and it was like something that I've wanted to do, but I didn't have the means of it. Um, until one of my buddies gave me my first gaming PC. Um, and then I was like, you know, watching like Tim the Tatman and like Nick Merch, you know, like this is something I wanted to try. Right. Yeah. Just to see how it went. So like my first emotion, I like, I was super nervous about it because I knew going into it, I'm not going to be streaming to anybody except for like myself. Yeah. Um, because I, le- I learned the trick, be like, you know, to have viewers, you know, just pull your stuff up on a cell phone, on a tablet, just so that you have the viewers. Um, but I knew nothing going into it. No, like I didn't research anything or, you know, like I just watched and learned like what to try to do and, you know, 100% fail at it. So, like, I didn't want I didn't want to like learn about it and like see people's struggles and like talk myself out of it. So I was just like go into it and then as I'm going, I'm gonna learn, right? So and I'm still learning, like I'm learning how to edit, I'm learning how to, you know, create overlays for myself. So yeah. I don't have to re- like reach out and like pay people to do it if I can do it, you know, at least that cuts off people doing something until like if I ever get big enough and I need to do it, that's when I'll do it. But um, at the same time with that whole aspect um, with doing research on Twitch and stuff there's no way to you can research streaming stuff to get better grabs of it but in all reality you only learn from experience with streaming from what I found oh yeah yeah like that's and that's what I've learned too and like I had a so like my goal into streaming was to deal with my PTSD and then like after like Probably my first year, that's like where I learned my where I want to be is completely different than when I started. Like, it's not so much for my PTSD anymore and like interact with people because I don't do that outside of this. Um, it was more so like I started having like some veterans come in or like if I have mental health, mental health up on my, you know, tags, which I always do. And people would come in and be like, they would just talk. So it kind of more went into like me trying to bring awareness to like, veterans first responders active duty military members with their mental health mm-hmm. and like because there's such a huge stigmatism to like combat related stuff or like military stuff even like military sexual trauma like with their ptsd right everybody has this 
that's not in the military has this like notion that like we're fucking crazy, <laughs> which it, which isn't which isn't the case. Like we're just like you. That's the whole reason like, why we're doing this podcast. And so like it's because I've had these conversations with people like outside of like outside of this on like how military's treated. Like everybody thinks we're like fucking awesome people you know like we do these badass things and like we deal with some pretty heavy shit right so like i've had a couple buddies like you know commit suicide because of shit that happened in that deployment i talked about because we had no breaks right so like there was no there was no time to mentally recover and though we we wound up losing somebody and it was in a really bad firefight and everybody everybody deals with trauma differently and for these guys that like when they when they came back they all got they all got kicked out of the military for either drinking drugs because we had no way of coping like and that was their way of coping with their trauma was you know drinking doing drugs because it was relieving the pain that they were feeling like for me my pain was more so after my last deployment when i had to get my dog up and that's where I, like, really started to, like, come with my, like, start, start with, like, um, I was disassociating, uh, you know, like, my, my pattern of life became really, really bad. Um, I was cutting myself, not to, like, try to, like, kill myself, but more so relieve pain. Um, and it was because I, I, didn't, I didn't even know what I was going through, right? So, and it wasn't until my wife that I have now where she was like, you know, there's something wrong, like there's something wrong and you need to go talk to somebody. And, you know, I went to go talk to mental health and military and that ruined my career. Um, so I talked to them and I, they were like, yeah, you have combat related, you have combat related stress and they can't diagnose you with PTSD until I went to an inpatient program where I stayed there for two months because I was dealing with a lot of shit. And I was on the wrong meds at the time. You know, I wasn't sleeping. Um, and all that stuff. And, you know, do I regret it? No, because it helped me in the long run. And I'm not in a, I'm not in a bad place now. Mentally, I'm still in a bad place. But, you know, like, I'm in a better place. That I have a support system now. You know, I understand, like, what I'm going through. You know, if I feel like I'm having... One of my moments, I know what it feels like because of going to inpatient. You know, like I know how like the brain works now, like how the military changed our brain patterns, um, which everything is all to a science in the military, which you would never know. And, and they're like, the military taught us to go from being one way and they rewired our brains and basic training to be a certain way. But you won't know how your brain reacts to certain things until you're in a situation. Like, and that's where I found about like fight freezer. Um, flight, which you'll never know if you're how you're going to be until you're in that situation. And I've seen flight dudes. We had we had a dude at the time that was in E six, and we got in a really bad firefight, like a really bad one. And he hid behind a rock the whole time. It was his first time in combat. He's in E six, first time deployed. And you know, it's seeing a dude like that, like. It pissed me off at the time because you got dudes to lead and you're just sitting behind a rock and you're like, dude, go do your job, right? But, like, when you learn about it, like, I feel bad for him because I treated that dude like shit, right? And 
you know, I don't talk to him now, but if I ever see him, you know, I'm going to apologize to him and be like, you know, I'm sorry for treating you like shit at the time. Like it's, I understood what you're going through kind of thing, you know? So it's something to learn and understand, especially if you know people that have it, like, and you're like a civilian and you've never been in the military. Best thing to do is talk to them, but don't ask them like what you went through. Just kind of like listen to them talking. If they want to tell you, they'll tell you. But for the most part, just listen to how PTSD has affected them, right? So Mm -hmm. that's the one thing that I've learned is just like learn how it's affected you and how to help me become a better person myself. Because like for me, especially having TBI, like I'm very forgetful. Like I have reminders everywhere on my phone like especially with my son like he my one-year-old that has pulmonary hypertension like he has to have meds around the clock so it's like six o'clock in the morning nine o'clock in the morning 12 o'clock in the afternoon then he has a six-hour break and then it's 6 12 or 6 9 and 12 and he gets different medications each time and i'm in a routine now so i remember it but my my alarm always goes off because if i don't have it i'll forget it Mm-hmm. So, it's, uh, so we have a we have a question from the from the chat, and it, it okay. comes from Snow Angel, and they're wanting to know how long you've actually been streaming. Uh, I've been streaming coming up on two years. When uh, this coming March comes up, will be my two year mark, and. You know, I never really found success in streaming up until I took a month off, which was last month in September. I took the whole month of September off for mental health reasons. And also, um, like I said, my kid has pulmonary hypertension, which is a progressive lung disease. And at any point, his lungs could give start giving out and then he could either die or like we can give him a lung trans get him a lung transplant. Um, but he's been sick. You know, my two other kids have been sick. My wife was sick. And uh, so all of the mental factors and all that um, kind of just weighed on me. So I took the month off. And when I came back the beginning of uh, October, I've, I've been I've been rated so much. I've been getting like 30 to 40 viewers now. You know, like I went from like 25, 30 people watching my stream to a couple hundred people watching it over the two hours that I stream because I only do two hours. Mm. And like my chat interaction, like the first time it happened and like people were talking to me, like I was so, I was so stressed out. I was like, what is going on? And then, you know, as it goes on, I'm like, you know, this isn't too bad. And then if I ever get to like Tim the Tatman level where it's just a constant, like always and trying to pick out people to read to, like, I, I feel like I'm going to have a, a nervous breakdown from that. So. Um, what is your normal stream content? Um, I normal, my normal stream content it used to be FPSs, right? And, you know, streaming into a category of F- FPSs is terrible. Um, so now it's like, for me, I'm doing like PGA. I'm doing Disney's Dreamlight Valley. Um, let's see what else. Uh, just downloaded Madden. I haven't done that on stream yet, but I'm doing that. You know, Overwatch 2 has been kind of successful for me um, just because, like, my numbers have been up. So I'm, like, on that first page. Um Never winter ready or not. Um, well, Phasmo, ready. yeah, Phasmo. I mean, that's really about it. Like, I've I dabbled into Tarkov, and you know, Tarkov's fun, but that's more of like an off stream for me. Mm-hmm. 
Um, you know, Halo, Halo was one of my go-to games, and when Halo came out, it was a huge letdown. So I, I really haven't touched Halo since. Same thing with Battlefield. Like I, I used to love Battlefield in the military, and when this he- Battlefield came out, I was like, "This game sucks," and haven't touched it since. And then for me, I usually stream on Saturdays, Sundays, and Mondays. Um, and then periodically, sometimes, like if like if my kid's in the hospital, like he was last week, um, when I put my other kids down, uh, that's when I'll stream too. So, but my normal schedule is Sunday or Saturday, Sunday, Mondays from uh, 9 p.m. until like 11, sometimes 12. And what platforms can people find you on? Uh, you can find me on all the platforms. Uh, you can find me on Twitter, uh, TikTok, um, Twitch, Facebook, YouTube. Uh, the only difference in names is Twitter. It's just Bravo 4 underscore 11 because somebody had 11 Bravo 4. So I can do the gaming thing. Um, but yeah. Um, can someone give Bravo a shout out and one of my mods give Bravo a shout out for people that are li- that are here now can go check him out. Um, do you have any advice for someone going into content creation? Yeah, I mean, if you if if it's something that you want to do, go into it and don't expect success. Like, just don't. Um, if you're gonna do it, go into it because you want to do it. And you want to have fun. If success happens, great. Deal with it when it happens. But like for just just for me, I went into it just to play with or like you know play games with my friends. And if I come across people that you know want to chat with me and want to talk, great, let's do it. And then as that happens, you'll start meeting people. Like you'll start you'll get friends to play with constantly. So you're not streaming to yourself. Um. Or playing by yourself, which I still have that habit of because everybody works, everybody has jobs, except for me because I'm retired. So I'll um, be right back real quick. Um Hawkeye, you can take over. Um, but yeah, I mean, if it's something that you really want to do, do it to have fun. That's that's my advice. So you've mentioned a couple times that you've uh that you've really gotten into supporting mental health mm-hmm. and um, you know, the, I get it. I, I've, I've actually hung out in one or two of your streams since you were announced yeah. to be a guest on yep. the show. Um, what was the defining moment for you that uh, set you on that path to actually support more of the mental health side of things you know i always had mental health up on my tags like ever since i first started because that's something that i deal with but it wasn't until somebody came on my chat and they were a uh, car car accident victim were like they were a paraplegic and they were like having a rough moment right you know it just came into my stream and i, I had no like i had no viewers so i don't know if it was just somebody that wanted to talk or somebody that wanted to see like what I was about and they just made up a story. Like, I don't know. I don't want to like say me, like say like anything outlandish, but it was at that moment that I had the conversation with and they became a follower, you know, and I haven't seen them like in my chat in a while. So I don't know if they're doing all right, but um, it wasn't, it was that moment that I realized, you know, this is something that 
as serious. And then I've had veterans come in or like active duty members come in and we just talk and like just recently um, I had a dude from Italy come in and he was like, you know, I'm having an intrusive thoughts. Right. So I was playing PGA and, you know, I made him laugh and he was like, he's like, thank you. He's like, I've had the best night in, in, in a while. And I was like, you know, I'm glad I could do that. And I was really just making fun of the dude I was playing with because I have soundboards and I have WWE soundboards and I have the rock saying, shut up, bitch, or you or shut your mouth, you thumb weren't fatty. And every time he talked and was saying something, I would push one of those two buttons. So it was when he would finish talking, but like, shut up, bitch. And then it would be that. And then it was just funny content, right? So I come back into. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, so that 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 was the moment that I realized like it's no more longer for myself, but it's to help people out, right? So mm-hmm. um Okay. So now now that Rex is back, I'm gonna give him a chance to actually uh take over for a second. So would you like to tell us about your um stack up on Vetrofit PC and elaborate on what the program is? All right, so StackUp is for military members to heal with gaming. And so they have a whole bunch of different programs. They also have suicide prevention. They have a bunch of trained people in StackUp. It's a nonprofit organization um, that is just for military guys to help with gaming. You know, they, they have a Discord as well. But for me, you know, as the content creator, I was looking for... Because I had a Alienware, God, I hate hair. Um, I had an Alienware. It was a bit older. It had a 1080 in it, and you know, I couldn't sh- use Streamlabs to stream, so I had to go to OBS. And you know, I reached out to them. It was like, you know, I'm a content creator. I would really like a PC. And so it was like the end of no, like right before Thanksgiving. They're like, hey, you know, you've been selected. Um, in the next couple of weeks, once the PCs start coming in, we're going to get your PC out. It was right before Christmas. I got a uh, 3060 Ti with a terabyte of hard drive, you know, 36 gigs of RAM, um, a Ryzen, Ryzen 7 57X or 5700X CPU. So, you know, I got a really good PC for free. And it wasn't. And so I always wanted to support StackUp. So now I'm starting to support StackUp. Like I'm going to be doing a charity stream coming up soon to raise money for them so whoever gave me the opportunity to get a pc i can give somebody else an opportunity um, to get a, a vetro fit pc or you know they have different programs so they have a felix house in los angeles it's a gaming it's a esports gaming studio um it's their it's the first of so it's like a prototype to see how it does and what kind of yeah. funding they need and how they can um sustain in other in other areas across the united states or even across the world um and they also have supply crates so their supply crates are for people who want consoles or they want to send something to like somebody overseas or if they want to send to a uso overseas um to refit a whole uso which they are always doing supply crates always i always see them doing supply crates and i think the most recent one was um to an individual um that ah, I forget man 
I know they I know they just did a PC for no, that was that was Paradox, never mind. Um, so I don't know when the last PC they gave away. I know the console was like last week that they gave away. Um, but yeah, they but I think they started on a PTSD program and they just expanded since yeah. then. So and now that we're on now that we're on the stack of topic, guys, um, November 19th at 6 p.m. CST, we will have the CEO on the podcast. Now that we're on the topic of the stack up, why not promote that one? So, Stefan, the yeah, CEO. I would love to meet him. I would love to meet him. Kay has a couple questions and. So Kay has a question. Did you meet the old man behind the curtain and maps? What's that? Kay asks, did you meet the old man behind the curtain and maps? No, I have not. I don't know what he's talking about. Um, and, you know, basic uh, maps question here is duck walk. What did you think of the duck walk? Uh, I found it interesting. I was like, what am I doing? But I went with the I went with the flow. I was like, what's the purpose of seeing me do a duck walk? <laughs> and then also, you're a part of a few different stream teams. Would you like to talk about them? Uh, I used to be part of Regiment. Um, Regiment's a great organization. Um, but I had my differences with Regiment. And I... And uh, I was also part of the Holly Esports uh, stream team. Um, I had my differences with them, and I left. I was also a community manager for them, and you know they were moving in a direction that you know I didn't like. And they're a great organization, so that's why I stepped away. But right now, I'm part of the Crow Fam, and so Crow Gaming is a military veteran. I'm pretty sure he was field artillery, and he was in the army, and. He's all about positivity. He's all about hype. Like he does like uh, on Fridays, he does streams where it's just meet a friend, right? So he'd be like, hey, I need a friend. And like, like you'll start talking to people. And like, it's everybody who on the stream team, it's everybody who's positive, who believes in the same goal, especially with mental illness. It's all about spreading positivity. There's no negativity. And there was actually just a recent thing that happened at TwitchCon with one of the stream team members and right away he was booted, you know, and, you know, I don't know the situation because I wasn't at TwitchCon, but it wasn't very good, and I know that, and, like, that dude was instantly gone and, like, not, and, you know, not to talk bad about anything, but, you know, if anything happens with, like, anything like talking bad about people, like, you're on that stream team anyway, you're gone. Like, there's no, there's no, like, recovering from it, right? So. Yeah. Paul, I know you're in the shadows. Do you have any questions, Mr. Paul? Do you usually have a few? Paul, Paul has always has questions, so. So, so, uh, while we're waiting on Paul to to actually type something out or, you know, come destroy the overlay here. Oh, yeah. Um, 
That'd be a rude destroyer. If, if you had a chance over the next, you know, it could be next year, next five years, or anything, to collaborate with any big creator, who would it be and why? Uh, it ha- has to be Doc. Like, it has to be Dr. Disrespect, right? It's not so much for his, like, what the games he plays. It's more so. I want to learn about Doc and his create like his character because I know who he is outside of it, right? Like we've learned about who he is outside of being Doctor Disrespect, but it's more so like the connections he has. I know he's very big into military, like he's very big into the military community, and um, I just want to actually just engage in conversation with him because I think he's fucking hilarious. Mm-hmm. So. Um, and a question from Dead Seepal. How hard was the transition from military to civilian life? Uh, for me, it was very difficult. Um, I was dealing with a lot of uh, trauma. I was also dealing with, you know, like cutting myself, like I talked about before. Um, they don't teach you how to transition. So there, there was no, you know, life is going to be hard outside of, like they always tell you, make sure you have a plan. I had a plan, but you know, I didn't have a mental plan. I had a physical plan. Um, do you but, have any advice for anyone that is struggling with that transition? Do not be afraid to talk to people. Like, do not... If if you're feeling something and you don't know what it is, go talk to anybody. Family members, you know, maybe family members won't get it. But, you know, talk to people. Don't hold it in because if you hold it in, you start holding grudges or you start feeling certain ways. And then you become a very sheltered individual. Um, at least this is what I know because this is what I did. Even though I had my fiance at the time, like, um, which is my wife now, like I held her away from a lot of things that I was feeling. And it took me years to be like, you know, this is what's going on. You know, this is how I feel sometimes. And if you start seeing this, please let me know. Or if you see me like gaming on my Xbox at the time and it's, way out of control like if it's way too much like i'm sitting there playing all day and i'm not taking care of the kids you know please let me know because i'm not paying attention to it it's just it's just my escape from how i'm feeling mm-hmm. so it's always talk and talk to somebody so essentially essentially you gave yourself the safeguards that most people need to to possibly give themselves yeah Basically, yeah. So, from my understanding, kind of military kind of sends you home and say, "Here you go." Yeah. Uh, to kind of add on to that, don't be afraid to reach out for help. Um. Oh. Sorry, I'm a little sore. You know. I'd- Small car. Yeah, driving on hours sucks. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, Rex, do you have any other questions? Or, Paul, do you have any other questions? I can come up with some easily, but yeah. <laughs> So, all right, Bravo. What are your hobbies outside of streaming? Uh, 
I don't have many. It's playing golf if I get a chance to. And then uh, I, besides my things, I am part of a community called the Tampa Warriors because I live in Florida. Uh, they're a nonprofit hockey organization that helps veterans um, transition from military to civilian and deal with their um, their injuries. So it's mainly just for disabled um veterans you don't have to be disabled to be part of the organization right um but a lot of the tour like hockey tournaments we go to that deal with you you have to be at least 10 percent disabled to be able to play in these tournaments that are ran across the country um but it, we're not just a hockey organization we're also um we give back to the community during actual covid not like after like the when everybody was quarantine like during quarantine times we had over 871 hours of community service time like helping out hospitals giving them food or like running charity drives for the hospitals and the and the workers there um where we helped put back together some hockey rinks that needed like ice maintenance done or like painting everything because they had a time they had time to like actually work on their hockey rinks while everything was shut down mm-hmm. um Time to do well, it. My wife was actually trying to trying to offhanded suggest that I look into that uh that organization. Which one? Um uh, the hockey for disabled vets. Mm-hmm. There's there's a lot. So um so depending on where you live, I don't know where you live. Um uh, North so Carolina. Like- See, I don't know. If, I think North Carolina has one. I know Washington has one. Philly has one. Chicago has one. Dallas has three. Um, Minnesota has one. Um, and most of these, most of these warrior teams are actually sponsored by their NHL team, right? Um, we're not right now. We're in the we're in the works of it. But like Philadelphia Flyers, they're sponsored by the Flyers. Um, Chicago is sponsored by the Blackhawks. New Jersey's in the process of getting sponsored. Uh, let's see who else. Uh, the North or Minnesota is sponsored by the Wilds. Yeah. Um, Dallas is sponsored by the Stars, and also, um, well, there's two different Stars. There's two different Dallas teams, um, but the one is sponsored by the Stars. There's a whole bunch of. Um, but there's a lot of the other ones. So there's the USA Warriors, which is in Washington. And they're their own, they're the first disabled veteran hockey team, right? And with these organizations, so you don't you don't need to know how to play hockey, right? So the we have a lot of people that are coming into the organization right now. I think we have over two hundred members. We're one of the larger organizations for the Warriors, like across the United States, I have that many people. And it's because of the area that we live in, but it's the message that we're giving, and we have a lot of people coming in that have no hockey experience or very, very little. And we have practices twice a, twice a month that are beginner practices for people to come out, learn how to skate, learn how to play hockey. Um, and then they start going in. We have a bunch of adult league teams, but we also, like I said, we do travel across the United States. So the, the next tournament that we're going to is in Las Vegas in November for um, for Veterans Day which I think there's like, and it's not just veteran teams, but I think there's like 56 teams that get, that are going to this. Mm. And they have different levels. Um, 
And then there's one in Pittsburgh, which is the Sable Fest. Uh, Navy Federal also puts on their event for the Winter Classic. Whenever, wherever the Winter Classic goes, they invite four teams across the United States. Um, the one year that we went was right before COVID. We had the Coast Guard team come out and play. We had the Minnesota Warriors come out and play. Colorado came out and played. And then we played, and all the other teams beat the crap out of us because we were still so very small. We didn't have a lot of hot, like pretty good hockey players. Um, but now that we're growing, like we have, we. Most of the tournaments that we go to now, we usually win, and it's money that goes back to our organization. So, like, we'll win a check of like five grand, ten grand, and they'll go right back to our org. But um, the we went to the one in Dallas last year, which is the first time Dallas had one, and um, we played. We went undefeated, and you know we met a lot of great people. The other teams really appreciated us because some of the other Warrior teams were assholes when they were playing. Which I mean, we're veterans. We all get it. Like we're all, can we all be dickheads sometimes? But we were the we were the classiest. We were the nicest. Even even if we're beating up on the team, eleven nothing. Like we treated them like like towards the end of the game. Like we didn't try to keep scoring. Like we would hold the puck behind the net and like you know just try to like waste the clock or like dump the puck down and not really play hard defense. So. Mm-hmm. And uh, we were- all right. So dead sweet. Dead Seepal has uh, a question. Do you have any advice that you would want to give the Army about how they can better address the issue of mental health? Or just any branch, military in general, but most branches are the same way. Uh, Stop treating people like shit when they go to mental health is the first thing. Um, But, you know, sit down and actually listen to people. Like, if if you know they're going to mental health, actually sit down and talk to them, listen to what they're going through. Um which I know the military is starting to do that because I see it and like I hear about it, but I don't know behind closed doors. Like it's a front they might be putting out, but like behind closed doors, I don't, I don't know if it's st- still the same atmosphere, right? Where it's, you know, you want to mental health, you're a piece of shit, right? So um, the first thing I have to say is like, sit down, listen, learn about what this person's going through. Unless it's like military sexual trauma, they don't want to talk about it. Like I, that's 100% like, like you'd also need to learn the boundaries right so like if it's if it's military sexual trauma that person doesn't want to talk about you need they're going through something you know embrace them love on them you know learn to like learn how to help them right and not just be like yeah you know you know you're lying you're full of shit and like they made they made a statement now we gotta make sure this whoever this person is gets treated badly or like you know make them move companies or make them move to another unit like across the states because that happens because there is no thing of you know i'm making a report and you know it stays with the report because chain of command finds everything out so like i learned this when i was going through you know my mental health stuff like whatever i talked about my chain of command knew because the report went back to them and i was like wow what about hipaa right but like it's so they would learn more about me by reading stuff than they would by talking to me, which mm. gives them a pit, which, which gives them their opinion of, you know, this dude's fucking crazy or, you know, we need to put him on suicide watch. So even if you don't talk about like 
cutting yourself or killing yourself. It's it happens, and then you become this person that you know. This this dude needs to get away from everybody before he infects everybody. Mm-hmm. So, so basically, um, instead of instead of um, talking with you guys, they basically turn you guys into a statistic, essentially. Yeah, like don't don't make us a like don't turn us into a, a statistic, and make us into an actual human being because that's first and foremost we're humans, right? We we aren't machines and. If you learned to better the system, more people would stay in because they would feel loved and they would feel like, you know, okay, these people fucking care about me, which I'm on TikTok and I talked to some of the mill tech creators like, um, I don't know if you guys watch TikTok, but Dirty Bird Fitness, uh, he's an infantry, he's an infantry master sergeant trying to become a star major and he was a first sergeant for a while and he's, he's doing cadet training now. And the dude is genuine. Like all he is is about his good vibes and treating people the way they should be treated, right? And his thing one, is uh, another one's infantry guru. Yeah. And that's another dude. Like, so um 30 Bird Fitness is his thing is humanize the rank. Like that, that's his phrase, right? And it's all about, you know, people are people and don't treat them less. Don't treat them more, but Always love, love on the person until you know they yeah, they actually do something to you that you're like, okay, I don't want to deal with you. But it's all about. Yeah. You know, from what I've learned so far is we have these leaders that are in there that are trying to make a change, but then so far what I see is the military doesn't like that. Well, the army anyway doesn't like that because they keep putting shit out. The the TikTok creators have to like keep holding back now, so. Because it's damaging the brand because they're trying to do influencing on a good change instead of a bad change. So, mm-hmm. so it's well, they're another, trying to keep people at bay. Another thing I think is what the military in general needs to work on is when they're recruiting people, tell them the out flat truth about the army and military and what you can get into. Because a lot of people yeah, don't and, understand what they are signing. Yeah, uh, luckily I had I had two recruiters when I came in. They were completely upfront with me and they were honest with me. And you know, I still talk to them to this day. Um, but you do have people that just try to make the quote, and they don't they don't tell you they'll they'll lie to you to try to get you in. And it's I think that should be changed. And you know, like and like people who have issues going on, you know, find out what these issues are and like talk to them and like make them understand. Be like life for you might be hard I mean, yeah. or you know it might be easy for you but but that also comes down to the time frame that we're in we're in we're in peacetime now so military is going to be a lot harder to get into right but mm-hmm. they're still very quick to get you out and then they have to meet numbers so it's not it's i, I don't understand how the military operates now right because i was never part of that Mm. So it's, or just yeah. And the one thing that you could change to fix is don't have the recruiters being fighting over quotas and stuff like that. Because if it's because they're trying to make a quota, why don't you just remove that altogether at that point? Yeah, you're, that's you're, never gonna happen. I'm just saying you're putting a quota on a human life, basically. 
It's just yeah. That I was never a recruiter, so I can't. I'm, I'm not gonna. Well, I can't speak for, speak for it either. But yeah. So like, I don't know the ins and outs of the uh, of the program, right? Like, the only thing that I do know is that there's quotas, but I don't know exactly like what goes into that, right? Mm-hmm. So, and I know that there's people that are candidates and they turned out. So like, my next door neighbor here, he is. He's a he's he's a station commander for recruiters, but like he tells me all the time because he does it for the Navy and like so his areas are here in Tampa, Miami, and Puerto Rico. So like he'll travel to Miami, he'll travel to Puerto Rico, and like he'll he'll deny people getting in. And he's like because they don't meet they don't meet the quota, but he also wants the best people to go in as well. So like he'll yeah. deny people going in that actually sh- that could go in but he doesn't meet to this like his standards so i'd be like sorry i can't let you like go like can't let you go to basic right so which yeah. i had that conversation with him and i actually appreciate that because that that's letting me know that he's letting people in that one deserve to be there but two will succeed right so hmm. uh, you got any so. questions okay Yeah, one of our co-hosts, he's a CB in the Navy, so he was a CB. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, well, one of our co-hosts was a CB. <laughs> so I guess my earbud just died. Oh, shit. Oh, no. That's fun. Yeah, we only got a few minutes left anyway, so. Yeah. At least the computer didn't give out. I mean, we got about 15 minutes left, which we started later than usual. But yeah. Do you have any questions for us? Bravo. Not that I can think of. I mean, it's... Um, actually, I do have a question. If you don't use it, do you lose it? You're, you're you're muted, that guy. Okay. I'm not sure how to answer that, to be honest. Do you know what I'm referencing? Please tell me you do. I don't, really. <laughs> 40-year-old virgin? Wait, what? 40-year-old virgin? I have not seen that. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, so so it looks like uh, it looks like we have a homework assignment for our lovable host Rex. I don't do homework, sir. So shut up. <laughs> just because no, I, was, I was starting to say, there's so many different ways I can answer that question. Just because you're going back to school doesn't mean I have to, sir. <laughs> Well, he's doing it. He's doing it for the the potty, so we have a better editor. <laughs> how have I not seen the movie by not seeing the movie? That, that's how. <laughs> I don't. I'm not into a lot of comedies. So, so to the chat here, 
Do any of y'all have any further questions for Bravo here? Ask away. I'm pretty open. Hold on, Kay. Kay, did you just say you don't even cuss? That is bullshit. And you fucking know it. (laughs) Every other sentence that comes out of your fucking mouth is a swear word. (laughs) Wow, getting called out on a pod. Nice. Bullshit, Kay. That is absolute bullshit. (laughs) I've seen you string together cuss words. And actually make um, it make sense. Katerin, you, you, you are a co-host of this podcast. You do realize there is podcast episodes uploaded on other platforms that have plenty of swear words coming out of your fucking mouth. <laughs> I, I'm just saying. What you should do is you should find him and make up a TikTok and say, I don't cuss. And then it's just, <laughs> just great cuss words out of his mouth. All right. So here's one for you. Um, what has been your experience with the VA? Not bad, actually. Like, uh, I'm the only issue I've ever had with them that I can talk badly about is, you know, I'm 100 percent and I wasn't permanent total yet. And they wanted to drop my ratings from 100 to 70 percent based on nothing. And so I did an appeal. They denied it. So I went I did the whole trial where I had to, like, sit in front of uh a raider and he would ask me questions about like my stuff and i had a um a vso attorney with me you know and he would tell me to answer questions or not to answer the questions based on you know a medical file and it took them a year and a half to lose my tape and i had an evaluation done in that time frame saying you know they denied me of individual on un- they denied me of individual unemployability but they granted me 100% permanent total while I was in the process of losing it. So my attorney was like, why are you still trying to pursue this when another Raider said this is 100% permanent total? And that's what they gave him. And it took them like almost two years to come back and be like, uh, this is a mute point. We're just dropping the case, right? And I was like, well, that was a wasted amount of time that I had to put into this. Yeah. And if you could see, uh, if you could see any, I'm going to rephrase the question that's in chat here. Um, if you, in in your lifetime, my lifetime, Rex's lifetime, if there's any change that you could see being implemented, what would that be? And do you think it would actually help as a the VA as a whole? Get away from the government. Become its own separate entity away from the government because the government become a nonprofit. Yeah, become a nonprofit. And, you know, then you can give people the money that they deserve and not worry about government contracts or feeling, you know, sucking up to somebody like um, the vice president or something like that who deals with the funding to the VA. Um, Because we are, the VA is a, a collision course between human lives and the government, right? So the government it takes, and it's still, you know, it's sad because we do that while we're in the service, but now we have to do that while we're getting care. And it's only within the last couple of years, like uh, President Trump put in effect a VA healthcare plan where we can go see outside agencies 
And now we have President Biden who signed the burn pit, which this is almost this is almost 30 years later that we're dealing with burn like burn pit issues that we should never be dealing with to begin with. Mm. Like that should have been something like once the war started and people were coming back with like major illnesses for the lungs, you know, the nasal cavities, um, the esophagus, your intestines because of these chemicals that we're inhaling from these burn pits or whatever we're doing with burn pits um, and the chemicals, that should have been something that should have been like done right away, if not wait 20 years to put in legislation that, you know, if these dudes are have injuries from this, you know, let's fix it. Because there's dudes who have died because of that. And they're never they're never going to be able to see this light of day that they think that should have happened years ago. So yeah. but going back to it, I think it should be a nonprofit get away from government so we don't have to deal with government. You can still get your funding from the government, but you don't have to deal with big government in your hit. So basically going after the nonprofit side of government funding versus um, dealing with legislative branches sticking their fingers into something that needs to be done. Yeah, that they shouldn't that they shouldn't have their fingers in to begin with because most of them, if not all of them, but most of them have never served a day in the military. But yet again they have they have the voice to tell me if I'm gonna lose my money or not. Like that's absurd to me. Mm. Oh, uh, trust me, I have I have uh, stories on that, and you know I have articles on something that me and my wife are currently going through uh, with the VA. And there's actually one. There's actually one that that blows my mind. So, like, at least for the army, there's a thing called special compensation. And for me, because I have it, I chose my VA pay over like my money from the military. And I get this. I get this check every every month for special recompensation because I was injured and I was medically retired due to combat related stuff that I don't get the full amount and I don't get my military check because of rules in place and I know in Congress right now that's actually there's a legislative law that changes that and anybody who was military like medically retired from the date of war the date of the war that started has like these qualifications, they're going to get their back pay, which would be absolutely insane because that's a lot of money that's going to go back to these people, including myself. It's a a major lift off of people's shoulders. Oh yeah. Like it's some of these, some of these people that were medically retired in the early two thousands, like they're going to get a, and especially if they were like an E6, E7, like they're going to get a huge, huge paycheck back it's going to be at least six figures that they're going to get back and that's going to be a huge thing but i mean now it's it's up to congress to push it to the senate so it's up to the house i mean to go to the senate so we'll see how that goes mm-hmm. yeah especially so, in our real parties. quick while we have some uh, while we have some um extra time here do you have any additional advice for people that are either a looking to join the military looking to take part in a nonprofit 
or uh, looking mili- to get into content creation. Well, for military, he said, don't do it. So there, there's the aspects of the military one. <laughs> well, the, so for the military, I would say besides don't do it because of the time frame we're in now, but if it's something that you truly want to do and you believe in, do your due diligence and choose the branch that's going to serve you best and choose the job that's going to serve you best, right? So um, do your research on the jobs too. Yeah. So like for me, I knew I wanted to be in the infantry. I had no idea what it was going to be. No, no idea what was my, like the outcome of like life after the, after being in the infantry is. And, you know, you have a lot of job skills, right. Being in the infantry, but a lot of them aren't manageable. Um, but like when you fill out resumes, like for me, I've learned I'm overqualified for a lot of things because I had to deal with a lot of like financial stuff, like being in charge of like millions worth of dollar for equipment. And you put that in a resume that basically puts you overqualified for a job. Right. So if know what you want to do outside of the military. So like you want to like be air traffic control, right. At least that puts you in the door to, if you want to do that federally and go to FAA and be air traffic control, it gives you a slight, I don't know, how it is from military to civilian side. Don't know, but this is just, I, I would have still had to went through the six weeks of, uh, six weeks of FAA training. But it gives you a slight advantage above the others still, since you have somewhat experience in the field. Yes. But on that, but on that being a, like, let's say you're an MP, right? This, it gives you a disadvantage because you're on a federal term and you have, you learn federal things and you go work for the city because I know quite a few cops that work for the city and like when um, an MP comes in or security forces guy comes in and wants to be a cop and thinks he knows everything, it's a huge turnoff because they think they know everything and then then they have to learn city, county, and state laws that have nothing to do with federal laws. So it, I guess it's like him and it's like give or take, right? So I know they're they're going to accept them but it's harder to deal with them because they think they know everything. And then, They'd rather take somebody that was like a, an infantry dude or like a combat medic or aviation or like air, traffic, air traffic control because they have no idea about laws. And it's easy to teach them compared to somebody who understands easy. how laws are. Yeah. Basically, it's easy to teach the team building exercises versus uh, MPs because I had it actually equated to me that. Uh, most people that go into the MPs are taught the whole lone wolf uh, yeah. standpoint. Yeah. Which is not military. Which is not the police force at all, really. No. But yeah. Uh, um, I mean, when it comes to like content creation, I would just say, like I said before, do it for yourself. Have fun and don't expect success. Work towards it, but don't expect it because when you expect it and you expect money, and this is one of the things that I've I've learned and what I've seen while doing this whole journey is people that are in it for the money, people know right away and it makes their content less less interactive, right? Especially like especially on Facebook because that's where I started, and like for me, it's just my opinion. People have like their star goals up, and like it's basically like. You're telling me you want me to give to you so you can meet the star goal, right? Which makes me want to do it less. Unless I really support you, 
and like I'm I'm like I'm one of your fans or one of your supporters, right? That's not paid. Like, okay, you know, I'm gonna help you in your journey. But like for me coming in and like seeing that whole thing where it says star goal, like if they wanna if they want a thousand stars and they're at five hundred stars, it just makes me not want to do it. Be like, you're in for you're in it for the money. I mean, they have their reasons why they're doing because Facebook makes you do it sometimes. But it's it for me it's just a huge turnoff. Mm. So um, and then is there anyone that you would like to see on this podcast in the future? Honestly, I would love I would love to see you guys talk to Mick Merckx about his military experience. Because mm-hmm. I know he, he went into the Navy to become a bud and he didn't do it. And I think he served four years and he was done. So um, that would be I think that would be a fun, a fun uh, conversation. Because I know he still loves to deal with military members and still has a special mm. place in this army. Eventually, eventually, I would love to go to that to the to that range, but I don't you know. Even if I try, I don't think I'm able to get a hold of this agent. <laughs> uh, another dude, he's on Facebook. Is uh, Master Bratch? He's a he's a good dude. Mm-hmm. Or even on Twitch, uh, Crow Gaming. If you can get hold of Crow. All right, he's. He's a super good dude. So we're always looking for new guests to come on this podcast. But you know, once I run out of my personal friends, I was like, okay, let's hunt down people on Twitch. That's where I hunted down you. Yep. Which at the time I found you in Valhalla. Yeah. Yeah. Man, um, Valhalla's grew Valhalla grew so much, man. Like uh Damn. They they gave me my opportunity. I love them so much. Oh, and uh, lost Hawkeye. But yeah, it's just yeah. But it's it's just uh, I went on my separate ways from them. Hmm. Yeah, Bisbahalo is like Regiment. They both grew pretty fast. Regiment just fucking grew exponentially, though. I don't know. I I think they grew too fast. But that's no, just my. I is. I agree on that one as well. They grew pretty fucking fast. Just what, aren't they at like over a thousand members now? Or some shit like that? Uh, they will on Twitter, I think they're at 30,000 followers. And inside their Discord, I think they're close to like 15,000 inside their Discord. How many are on the team? Uh, for, for, for Regiment. Um, and then Valhalla, I think, is close to a thousand yeah. in a year. Fuck. So, insane. Yeah. yeah. They definitely grew a little fast. Yeah. I mean, and I, I don't know. It's it's just my opinion on regiment. I think that their their goals have changed from when they first started to where they're at now. Oh, we've had guests so. on the podcast say that as well. So if you've had other guests on the podcast say that too, they've also left the regiment for those reasons. Yeah, I mean that's that's why I left. Is like I wasn't one of the original members there, but I was in the lower numbers and watching them grow like i was like yo this is this is a great organization and then um i don't know when it changed or how it changed but it's it just doesn't meet what i thought it was going to be in there i had a i had a personal experience when i was on their stream team and i was also part of valhalla and i can say names and who who or what said what but you know somebody in the stream team was 
while they were on Regiment's page, had one of the other esports orgs that they were a part of, which is dumb on their part, like super dumb. Like yeah. if you're if you're going to stream on Regiment's page, you're going to don't have, have like their esports up, <laughs> right? And so somebody came in that was on on the on the board was like, if you're part of another org, you need to leave, right? That's basically how this conversation went. I was oh. like, you can't stream on our page anymore. Um, if you don't support regiment, then we don't want you. That's basically that. That's this is how the conversation went. So at that point, I was like, I don't want to be part of this anymore. I love regiment. I love the people that I interacted with. But right. if you're gonna treat me like shit because you know I'm not a I'm not loyal just to regiment, but I'm also trying to grow myself and be part of other things that help other people. I'm done. I don't. I don't want to be part of this because this doesn't. This, this doesn't fit my. Uh, this doesn't my my. What what I'll, what do I want to achieve? Because it's you're basically telling me that I'm. I have to be loyal to you, and I have to do everything regiment says, and that's just not how this goes anymore. No, I honestly would have done the same thing if I was in their ships. <laughs> And I know it wasn't it wasn't directed towards me, but it was just oh, yeah. and also they weren't paying people, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know if anybody knows this or not, and I hate to blow their spot up, but one of my good friends that was on the stream team with me was like, I'm giving out my time to stream, and like he's he's an affiliate like we all like most of us are, but he gets revenue like at this time I wasn't, and he gets revenue, so he's giving up two hours of his time. The stream, he's like, so what's my compensation? Like, there is no compensation. You're doing this because you want to stream for us, right? So he was like, so you're telling me all my bits that I get during my time and all the subs during my time, I'm not going to see any of that money. So I'm going to be out my two hours of, right. I, of making making money and content. I understand. I'm not being con- compensated. He was like, yeah, he's like, he's like, for that reason, so I'm done. And yeah, mm-hmm. that's... I understand. I mean, that's... Yeah, I unfair to people. I understand doing that and like oh, with stack up because stack up's a nonprofit charity. Yeah, interesting yeah. for that. I understand that with stack up, but on an esport yeah. team, I don't really. <laughs> well, and then so to go to that guy, he then he went to another esports org and they paid him for his time, and they're much smaller than um, Regiment is, so. Give me like a couple minutes. We're gonna raid out here. So uh, what do you need? I was gonna go get a drink, but if it, if we're gonna raid out here soon, uh, we can go ahead and just kind of start slowly wrapping things up. Yeah. Um. Probably. You have any final words? Um. I want to say thank you guys for having me. It's it's been an honor. I appreciate you guys and giving me the the platform and the space to be able to talk about the things that we did talk about. Um, and to anybody else that's coming on or that's still watching, thank you for being here. I appreciate you guys. Um, and again, my name is Bravo. Um, so yeah. One way. Any final words? Uh, one, I usually say this on every episode that I'm on. Stay safe over the weekend. I know it gets really tempting to go out and, you know, do something stupid, you know, party, this, that, and the other. Um, you do party, know your limits. If you need help, reach out. Guarantee you, you will find somebody that 
is willing to listen. I'm I'm always there to talk. I don't. So you guys know I don't drink. I don't go out and party. I, I after I left Korea, my drinking stopped after Korea because I I realized I was a raging alcoholic and um and when I did drink like after my deployment into Iraq, I realized I would get super depressive. So um so yeah, I mean if you ever if anybody ever needs anything, you can always reach out to me via like Twitter. Uh, like however you want to reach out to me, I, I always respond back right away, and I will always try to help you out with whatever I can. And, and with blueberries. And with that, we are going to straight into we're going to raid into deadly. Since deadly is live, I haven't raided into deadly in a long while. Dun 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 dun. And 